We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I always forget about the countdown. I was just wondering what, when somebody was going to say something. I mean, I, I wanted had, my I, had, I wanted my can opening to be the yeah. to be the sound. Oh, I could do it too. Oh, yeah, Matt's, oh, Matt, Matt, Matt's it? was good. Yeah. That was a sexy one. Yeah, and it is it is the first one back. It is literally the first one. Yes, it is. This is so exciting. So, what is it? Beef dipped from beef dipped. Yep. Yeah, look at look at the nice little cyclops beef can art. Okay, sweet. From Hop Butcher of the World. For the world, excuse me. Awesome. Which, if you are uh, uneducated rubes out there, that is a um, reference to the Carl Sandburg poster, or excuse me, poem Chicago, where he says hog butchers for the world. But this is Hop hmm. Butchers for the World, a Chicago-based brewery that excels in everything hoppy. And they are phenomenal, and they're one of my favorites. I believe, I'm going to look it up, but I think that this Carl Sandburg is the same Carl Sandburg who also compiled uh, a book in the 1920s, I think. And he was a hobo, so... Was he? Uh, he compiled a book in the 20s, I'm double-checking, called The American Song Bag, which is a collection of a bunch of um, American folk music. Yeah, he did. Yep, 1927 anthology. And it was uh, highly influential in American folk music and, and the uh, eventual folk revival of the of the 50s and 60s. So I had no mm. idea about the, the the poem in the Hog Butcher oh, yeah. of the World. So I, I know him that. as a poet. I didn't realize he was a uh, traveling folk, songsman, folk folk music anthologizer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. I know Chicago, and then he's got a he's got a poem called Fog, which so, something about the fog rolling in on little cat feet. Oh, That's fun! Like the main okay. famous line. Mm. Not that our listeners are here for poetry content, but you know, <laughs> hey, you know, we keep it fresh. We mix it up. Yeah. Yep. Kyle, what do you that got? That was a good pour, Matt. I could hear it. <laughs> good. You get the, some ASMR in there for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not Ethan's disgusting eating. Mm-hmm. Hey, some people uh, like the mukbang. I mean, I do have my bag of hot fries here as a snack, <laughs> and they are they are very crunchy. Oh, so, uh, good. For those for those who don't know, Ethan has been a hot fries fanatic since we were all... <laughs> <laughs> five six yeah pretty much but they, they i mean now i'm not saying this is a bad taste but they taste like cheese covered artificial couch foam 
And I mean, like, but they're but but they're a little spicy though. That's they're a little spice. The hot fries, you know, and, cheddar and like, fries would be the the you know. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not saying it right because you stop, yeah. you open that bag and you can't stop. Yeah. Oh no, I know that's the thing. So like, yeah, as 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 I was uh, talking about with my with my partner, right? They are the most UPF of UPFs, right? Because like in 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 food and health nowadays, right? The big bugaboo is UPFs, right? Ultra processed foods and hot fries are about as UPF as you can get. But I fucking love them, and it's exactly like you say. I mean, I start eating and I just can't stop. And and especially when I used to, uh, you know, uh, partake in certain um, herbs at the end of the night. Um, my God, I could just put away so many hot fries. Now, you said used to there. Um, right. It has been, I have been uh, uh, slowing down. It has only been okay. occasionally recently. Okay. So I just, I had to check. Also, no. Andy Caps makes barbecue fries and they make hot onion rings oh man i got i'm curious yeah i've never seen them before in the store i pretty much only ever seen hot and cheddar yeah what the heck are ranch fries yeah so so there you go andy cap apparently a little bit more uh uh versatile than than we thought yeah Mm yeah i was hoping they're like a small northeast brand or something although you're out in colorado but i've never seen him in any place other than syracuse but they're owned by conagra so never mind Oh, okay. And ConAgra is like one of those huge, uh, huge conglomerates, yeah. isn't it? Conglomo, yeah. Yeah. That's okay, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make, what, Ready Whip, Hunt's Ketchup, Rotel Tomatoes, Vlasic Pickles. Yeah, they make everything. Oh, wow. Okay. David oh. Sunflower Seeds, Healthy love Choice. Those. Oh, yeah, Swiss I love Miss. those. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So, so, Man. I'm not going to. Just two hours of content of Matt no, listing. Yeah, I was going to say, brands. I actually think we should focus tonight on poetry and on the products that ConAgra produces. I think, I think those should be the two Ooh. the two things for tonight. Ah, uh, that fucks. That's good. good. Uh, that hits. <laughs> it's going to get a five rating on uh, on. Oh tap. no, no, no! This will get a four and a quarter. You you still <laughs> you still okay? So your palate is still uh, still uh, still good and still uh, still, still picky, sharp. still yeah, sharp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's one of those. I have to give it like it's very well done. It's not my favorite hop, so uh, it's a Simcoe, hundred percent Simcoe beer. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite, but on its merits as a Simcoe beer, it's very good. So I yeah. can't, can't penalize yeah. it for that. <laughs> I saved beer number two from Hop, hop Butcher for the World is uh, Citra Mosaic. That's, oh hell yeah, that should be a, that should be a killer. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so Kyle, nice. Kyle, what are you drinking? I'm I'm repping trophy. All right, excellent. Because I'm I'm drinking trophy. Uh, we were, we were just in Raleigh last week. We had some family travel in. Uh, this is called Canadian Hustle. It's a New England IPA. So not really my favorite type of IPA, but it, I looked at on tap before I bought it, and um, it had really high rankings. So uh, Idaho Seven Lupo Max, okay. uh, Citra Spectrum, and El Dorado. Tur- Turpinese. I don't, I don't even okay, know. yeah, that so the, the couple of different ways, right? Um, the uh, like basically everyone's got their different method of extracting hop flavor now, whether mm-hmm. it's you know cryo hops or or like what's the uh, other half does the high density high charge or whatever the yeah, fuck it was yep. HDHC yep, or whatever. Yeah, that's that's one that's a process that other half developed, but the hop growers also are saying like, well, we can. You know, we we freeze dry this under a carbon carbon dioxide environment and get all the hop oils, and that's cryo hop or whatever like that. Or, I mean, <laughs> then you have even like crazier bullshit that's even awesome, awesome. I shouldn't say bullshit. 
um, there's like an Australian wine company came up with the Phantasm product, which is an extract from spent green grape skins that when added to beer supercharges hop flavor and it's amazing. So you get that kind of crazy shit all over the place. Um, So uh, at least there's still innovation happening and people trying to give you better and better products. So, right. Lupo. Lupo. I went to, um, I I had to drop brother Dan off to pick up his car and somewhere in Raleigh and the Wegmans, the Raleigh Wegmans was right by there. Usually I go to the Wake Forest Wegmans because that's right down the street from my parents' house. And this Wegmans had a whole wall of trophy beer. And just coincidentally, at the same time, the uh, the beer guy, what whatever his official title Be- is, beer monger was yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Beer monger. And, uh, and uh the only other way he could have been any cooler was if he gave me free beer, <laughs> but uh, he was, he was just really cool. Answered all my questions. I was looking for a sour for Toddy. I, I told her this, they only had like a, actually Matt, you would probably like it. It was like a pop tart, um, like very sweet, uh, type thing. You've, you've sent them to me yeah, before, yeah, but it depends. Like, like those type, but, um, she, she, she doesn't like those. So, but he was just so cool, like down to earth. And I was like, come on, bring, bring one to Charlotte. Like we've, we've got all the Asheville breweries popping up in Charlotte now. I'm like, let's, let's get trophy. That that would be great. I gotta be careful. Cause like, I don't want to, I want to send you guys a sour that I think you're going to like. Cause if I sent you guys sours that I would send Ethan and Yulia, I think you guys would like, like send it back. You just put the cork back in and send it back to me. Cause it's those, some of them taste like, you know, shoes. Um, but like in a delicious soury beer way. So, yeah, right. um, so, um, Ethan, I need to ask you what you're drinking first, but while we're talking about Wegmans and while they're talking about other half, did you see they just opened a Wegmans in Astoria, New York, um, and in Manhattan. Wow. And other wow. half brewed a collaboration Wegmans exclusive. Oh, IPA. I did see that. I yeah, saw that. I saw they did that. Yeah. Or, not that's... Astoria. Sorry. Not Astoria in Manhattan. In Astor Place. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say Astoria's in Queens, Queens, right? Yeah, Yeah. okay. I should know that, especially with the person who's now living with me, my my girlfriend, Sam. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Sam. Yay. Just messed up my New York City geography. um, And I messed up Astoria, which is one I definitely should know. We've been there a zillion times, and it's one of of our favorite bagel shops is, and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Queens, Queens, Queens. And I'm sorry. Queens, Queens, Queens. Gang. So we went yeah. from having a show about poetry to now the show is going to be all about Matt apologizing yeah. for the rest of the show. Yes, yes. <laughs> Making good. dumb mistakes. I, it must be, I think it's because even though I'm only a quarter of the way through the beer, I must already be drunk. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this isn't even that strong. So, um, but. Okay, um, so Ethan, what are you, what yes. are you drinking? So, uh, so I'm excited. Um I've been trying uh, lots of different Colorado breweries, trying to trying to try all of the you know the the best ones. Uh, obviously, Matt Matt always helps to uh, to decipher which ones Where's are which. Yeah, that's um one of one of the podcasts. That's Nori. She's the sweetest and the cutest baby. Oh, and snuggles hi, and uh, snuggles with me all the time. Hi, oh, Nori too, but hi, Nori. <laughs> um. Oh my God. Yeah, she's the fucking best. She doesn't want to sit in my lap right now, but she's amazing. Um. So I went to the beer store today and there's a, there's one near, near work that has a great selection. And I was looking and I was very excited to find this one It is a collaboration between 
Casey Brewing and Weldworks, two of two of the best in Colorado, and it's called Trans Mountain Diversion, uh, an IPA, and uh, I haven't actually sipped it yet. Um, we had a collaboration of theirs when we were there last season. Did we really? Yeah. Oh, this one's excellent. That's the one. This one's really good. This one might be like a four point five for me. This one is um, Nelson. Is it Sauvin or Sauvin? So Sauvin. <laughs> yeah, like French. We did have it, Ethan. We last had the same one, and it was a four point five on my. <laughs> I rated it four point five. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, that's really funny. I don't think I had rated it because I looked it up today and I didn't see that. Well, good. That's, that's really even funny. better than that. Means you're getting an awesome beer now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, it's it's delicious. So, um. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I got it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce Sovin or Sovin. So I just say Nelson. Just say uh, Nelson. <laughs> is Nelson well? Because it says oh Nelson Sov. Oh, because it's the same. I was thinking it was two it's different hops. Yeah. Nelson and yeah. so- Nelson Sovin is one. Okay. Um, I believe, and don't quote me on this. I could be completely wrong. I think that's the main hop that other or um, Treehouse uses when they make Julius. You can get really nice orange flavors out of it. But I could also be completely wrong because uh, Treehouse is usually pretty cagey with their wet, their um, recipe. They used to be right. there. Right. As they brew more and more and more, they got to tell you the variety now because, mm-hmm. I mean, Treehouse could brew the same thing eight days in a row and put it in eight different cans and people would go nuts. Exactly. Because uh, it would be delicious. So I'd, yep. I'd be going nuts. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. Speaking of like the the types of sours and stuff, so Casey, I believe, is most famous for like its sours and wild ales and stuff, right? And I actually um, had one. So there's a bar in town that has like great selections on on tap and cans and bottles too. And I had one by Casey a couple of weeks ago called Velvet. And uh, I don't know how popular that one is or Matt, if you had it. Oh yeah, it was delicious. But like talking about like the lip smacking sour, like this was one of those. And but it was like that's what I'm into nowadays as far as sours go, right? Like for me, that's delicious right now, but not for everybody. I mean, pretty much everything they do is going to be good. Look you know, and always look. They usually will have like a supplemental tiny little label on the side of the bottle. It'll tell you when it was actually fermented and what the fruits are. Oh, because they'll have yeah, they'll like they can change up depending on the batch. They also, if you ever see one called Jammy get it okay it's like a, a berry one that they do with with in collaboration with um side project out of st louis it's also another premier sour distiller or sour brewery that's really really good but okay um yeah casey's pretty unique because they're and i might have said this in the podcast before so sorry listeners um but they're called casey brewing and blending um because they used to they used to not brew anything um they started by just buying wort brewed beer and fermenting it and um, aging it themselves. Um, so they would ferment it with the, the, they'd have another brewery brew it for them. They'd put it in a tank, they'd bring it up, they'd ferment it with the, the wild strains they wanted and then oak age it or steel age it and then bottle it up. So um, really, really, really unique, really kind of the one of the, there's a lot of people who do it now or a lot more breweries who do it now. There's one in Philadelphia that's like right around the corner from other, or excuse me, from Human Robot, who will just like wheel the tank of wort down the street and then inoculate it and, and age it at their own place. Um, but pretty unique, uh, and they got a good reputation for making awesome beer. Yeah, so. and this velvet one, I had I, I looked it up because and I just refreshed myself. Uh, apricots. It was it okay. was made with like a fuck ton of apricots. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a 
a couple peach beers that are phenomenal as well. If you ever see them, Colorado peaches are, I don't know if I talked about this on the pod yet since I moved here, just obviously it's only been, hasn't even been three months yet. Um, Colorado is like really proud of its peaches. I don't know if it's like, if there's a long history or if it's more of a recent thing, but like, especially this summer when we first got here, specifically Palisade peaches. Cause I think, you know, they're grown in Palisade, Colorado. Um, but Coloradans are like real into, into their, into their peaches. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Casey is uh, using some of those when it does it, but who knew, right? Like obviously we all know like Georgia's famous for peaches or whatever, but Colorado at least is, um, is very proud of theirs, even if it's not super famous yet, which, which I thought was interesting. So anyway, so, uh, what, what else is on the docket, uh, uh, tonight? Well, I've got a few things, but if you guys got things that you want to talk about first, I mean, go I've, ahead. I've started a, a folder that I'm just putting stuff in. Oh, you still like got it, you still got that going? Yeah. So um, the last time was extra base hits in the folder. This time, yeah. I swear this is not the needle counts nearly hour, but that um, <laughs> just one was it just a neat, neat article that I read. You know, some famous musicians decide that they want to become billionaires and congrats Tay Tay um and they sell their back category back, back catalog for gazillions and gazillions of dollars um but some are very charitable and um I wanted to call out the Rolling Stones here look at that they don't need to to sell their catalog for 500 million dollars Mick wants to donate it to charity what the heck? Isn't that pretty sweet? We, we can't. We can't see. Yeah, it hasn't yeah, loaded up yet. Anything? It's still. It's got oh, the three man. dots. It hasn't loaded yet. Okay. Well, the headline is Mick Jagger suggests Rolling Stones back catalog given to charity. That's pretty fucking cool, Mick Jagger. Holy yeah. shit! So he's he's hinted at the idea that they you know they leave it to charity instead of their children because he said his children don't need it. Um, wow. Well, of course not. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'm sad that oh, that's there not it is. Loaded. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it just, it. Oh, it just <laughs> showed up right, <laughs> right when you closed out. Uh, that's amazing, though. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, because like so Bruce and Paul both sold theirs, right, for like 200, 300 million, something like that, I want to say. Bruce was five. No, Bruce was 200, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I think Bruce was like five and and uh, Paul was like 750 or really? something. I thought Paul was 200 million and Bruce was 300 million. Those were the numbers in my head. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. We're talking about obscene numbers. I, <laughs> I hope I'm hoping that they will donate, you know, that shit to charity because what do they need with 200 million dollars? Right. Um, but who knows? Who knows what they're planning on doing with it? But that's really cool. Mick Jagger. I'm uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I, I I don't have a problem with the stones, so I I don't know why you think that would be poking no, me. No, needling but... you because of uh, Bruce saying make oh, fun of Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting, uh, in in a completely different way from like you know the the first rap generation, like right with like Biggie and and Pac and you know all them and the violence and and everything that kind of you know they they all came from, um, like specifically with the stones. They were like on the run in Europe for years, like when they were big in the in the late sixties and early seventies because of drugs. Like they, they're you know what you see that headline, you're like, oh, Mick Jagger, he's such a he's such a good guy, and I'm sure he is, you know, right? Everybody's got good genes in them or whatever, but it's like, you know, these people got away with, you know, whatever they got away with, you know, during during a time when you could do things like that probably a little bit easier. And it's like, 
how a they they did that b they're still alive yeah <laughs> you know and like still performing you know and everything and uh so it's just amazing to me and like you know if that's if that's how he wants to you know pay back for some of the you know maybe the, the bad things that he's done you know throughout his life then you know all, all the more power uh you know to him and to the band but um yeah, it just made me think of that. It was some documentary that I was watching on paternity leave. It's on Apple TV. I can't remember what it was uh, called, but um, that's where I read. I first heard about you know everything that the Stones were doing, and then I read up on it a little bit, and I was like, "Holy sh!" Like, I mean, they were they were literally on the run, like while they were touring or why they were huge, you know, and, and everything and cops in all throughout Europe, they would have to bounce from country to country. I mean, just to get away. Not just the stones. Same, same with, what do you think the, the wings song band on the runs about? Yeah. yeah right. Paul was pissed <laughs> off because they were getting heat for, you know, having recreational drugs. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I think it's a Robin Williams. Speaking of they're still alive and still performing. I think it was a Robin Williams joke. Uh, live on Broadway when he's you know after the nuclear apocalypse, it's going to be Keith Richards left with a cockroach going. You know, I snorted your uncle once. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. That's what's going to be left. So oh, nothing man. can kill them. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, keeping the needling going, I just some rapid fire stuff, and I, I I'm going to do my best to describe the the GIF that I sent. Um, emphasis on the GIF. Um, uh. What does to, pray tell? Uh, what does GIF stand for, Matthew? Uh, graphical interface. Uh huh. Image, yeah. whatever. Graphic. Anyway, gum. So it was. Uh, it was. It was some clip from some old WWF <laughs> video, and it was like two giant wrestlers pushing a tiny wrestler back and forth between the two, and like the tiny wrestler like tries punching the big guys, and nothing happens. But superimposed in their heads were like the big wrestlers were Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> and the tiny wrestler uh, was Penn State. Yeah. That's right. You um, send this to us, right? Yeah, yeah that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was so good. Um, no matter what the little guy could did, um, he, he couldn't. He couldn't land a punch. He couldn't make. So the the, the seriousness I wanted to talk about, Colin, and just and this is this is more just wanting analysis here is. Um, yeah. It seems like you guys are perennially destined for, um, you know, the Rose Bowl or another another which is phenomenal and it's prestigious and it's great. And it's more successful than, than I'd say all, but maybe eight or nine other programs in the country on a perennial basis, but you can't break through. And do you think it's a coaching thing? Do you think, you know, the, the kind of the, the scuttlebutt I hear now is, well, this was the year they're supposed to do it. They have the recruits. They've got the players. What's going on? Um, yeah. It, and, you know, well, you could go off and say it's a sign stealing thing. I don't know. I want to hear what you say. <laughs> Well, that game's still coming up. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of different layers. And actually, Matt, this is similar to a topic that I wanted to address uh, because of comments I read about James Franklin uh, talking to the media tonight after the open practice session. And I just wanted to talk about it um, in a little bit of a different context, but I was going to use Penn State as as an example. But uh, we can circle back to that if, if we have time. To answer your question, uh, some of it's coaching, sure. Um, yeah, they, um, you know, just brought in a new wide receiver coach, uh, this year and the wide receiver room, if anything, has taken a step back, uh, unfortunately, uh, they, they don't get separation. They're not consistent enough, uh, in everything, but, um, 
you know, overall they're, they're as deep as they've ever been. Um, and you know, that that's the thing, like just because they're as deep as they've ever been, doesn't mean they're as deep as Ohio state or as Michigan, you know, this, this is year one of being super deep, uh, and having the former number one recruit in the country as your quarterback, you know, and, and everything, um, you know, fast forward 10 years, if we keep stacking classes like that and keep having that depth, then, you know, I think you're looking at a potential juggernaut. I'm not going to you know jump ahead and say that, but, you know, I think that's an important context piece to keep uh, in mind. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, the perennial, you know, I don't know. We're never going to know this because next year everything changes. Yeah, well, and, um, and what, yeah, it's a good, just to jump in. The NI or the the transfer portal system and NIL landscape now makes roster years rosters from year to year they can turn over so much. Um, yeah. So yeah. you could get lucky and land the right combination of transfers and JUCO guys with a stronger rec- recruiting class, and boom, you've got you've got a team that's going to be head and shoulders above anyone else. It just seems that like fucking Alabama, Georgia does that on a yearly basis. But um, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have you have your blue bloods, you know, even Michigan and Ohio State, you know, they're they're probably those four programs right there who do it consistently year after year. But you look at like LSU, that's a really good comp for what you just talked about, yeah. Matt. Like they took advantage of that portal. They had an historically great, amazing 2019 season. They have been a shell of yeah, that say, ever since. Say, you know, they got Burrow for one year and yeah. him with a couple other guys who went in the first or second yeah. round and you win the national championship. Yeah. Yeah. So you can catch lightning in a bottle. Um, but you know, the sustainability piece, I think, you know, especially at a school like Penn state where, you know, you're, you're probably not going to outbid or, uh, out recruit in Alabama or a Georgia, you know, or something like that. Like you do need that continuity a little bit more, but you also do need to be able to use the portal. But, um, you know, outside of that, the, what I was saying, everything changes next year. Um, so not only does the playoff expand to 12 teams, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at, you look at historical rankings, you know, from 2016, when, when Penn state really got back onto the map, they would have made the 12 team playoff like every season, but 2020 and 2021, um, or 2018, I think maybe the only, the only other one. Um, so, you know, even with the difficulties being in that division with Ohio state and Michigan, they still would have made the playoff and, you know, had a shot. Um, the other thing that changes next year in the big 10 specifically is there's finally no more divisions. Oh, (laughs) really? I see. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No more divisions. Uh, you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and, um, uh, what's the other school uh, join the conference from Washington? from the Pac-12? Uh, Washington, right? Yeah, uh, all schools that you know are ranked in the uh, inaugural um, college football playoff uh, rankings that came out last night. Uh, Washington, I think, is up the highest at number five, uh, just outside the top four. You know, right now, Oregon's in the top ten. Penn State's at eleven. Like the the conference is just a fucking monster. Um, and you know, that's how it's going to be when you have super conferences, like, you know, that, that's, that's just the name of the game. And you're going to see a lot more two loss teams, for example, make the playoffs in, in years to come, uh, and things like that. But, um, you know, to this season, it's not over. Uh, they have, they have four games left in the regular season. One of those games is against Michigan. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen between now and, and next Saturday when they're supposed to play Michigan with that whole sign 
stealing stealing crap that you alluded to, Matt. But um, yeah, their their chances of getting to the Big Ten championship game because of the way the division is 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 very slim. Yep. Um, if if they you know, basically they need Ohio State to lose twice and they need to beat Michigan to get in to the to the Big Ten championship game. Now that doesn't mean they can't get into the playoffs. Ohio State made the playoff the year that Penn State won the Big Ten championship and beat Ohio State in the regular season. So, you know, it's Not it's all wacky, it. it's all yeah. subjective. No no bitterness you know, there at every- all. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's like, you know, their 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 chances because they didn't take care of business at Ohio State are are very slim. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll take a miracle. You know, I think even, it, even if they do beat Michigan in a couple weeks, um, to make the championship game and then have a chance to go to the playoff. But, um, I'm going to stop there because I do have another topic that, like I said, is very similar or it, it, we can segue into like based off of that. But it, Matt, if you've got other things go for no, it no no i i was i was you know not trying to i do have one other thing two other things one silly thing i i noticed too late and i say this i will readily admit that i'm the kind of guy that gets to the bottom of the chip bag and will like go and claw and just like try and get as much of the dregs in my mouth at once but i i, I started noticing too late i wanted to calculate like an fpm stat like fries per minute because ethan was ethan was just like you were a machine. i was going at it you were i machine. got into a groove and i mean again again mm. i am completely mm. completely guilty of the same thing yeah. um i just noticed it, it took me too long to notice and i was like wow like he is he, which if you haven't had any caps fries you won't understand they they do that to you they do that um and like i said earlier i stand by they 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 taste like you know insulating foam covered in cheese dust but it's amazing and it's delicious and the crunch is good yeah the crunch and, is good and you know ugh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, it and i mean it screams artificial you, you oh, eat god, it oh god yeah this is this is a chemical count there is no milk anywhere near this and and it's delicious yep oh yeah it's so. it's funny you said that matt because i noticed I saw myself in the camera and when I was getting going and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm really, I'm really going now. Like it looks kind of funny, but I was like, yeah, but Colin's talking like Matt's paying attention to Colin. Like nobody's noticing me. Right. Um, but then Matt, I saw like a slight smirk on your face at, <laughs> yeah. at some point and I was like, okay, maybe Matt did see me, yeah. but, um, but again, yeah. I mean, I mean, just, just look at our three faces. Look at me when I do this <laughs> and then you realize who does that most often and i can't i cannot throw any stones um uh, i just re- game recognizes game okay there we go exactly <laughs> exactly oh man and for all the, those of you who, who only listen to this audio wise i recommend you go to about the 40 minute mark on the youtube post or whatever video post out there i'll do it one more time uh yeah uh so good oh, i missed you guys yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, fucking love it. Um, so the last thing, just to break up Collins, um, Penn State, and again, wasn't wasn't beaten up, but um, I, I wanted to just we we talked about it in a text chain earlier, um, but just disappointment um, in in an MLB team and kind of the way they handled their front office um, because oh yeah for yeah. I just want to kind of say <clears throat> shame on you Miami and, and am I surprised? No, no, nope, um, no surprise. But you 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 gave. You're, you know, you had the first female general manager or director of operations, can't remember what her title was, 
in the game. She's general manager. In, in the, the game four wanted, in the they, four major American sports, first ever. Yeah. Yeah. And you gave yeah. her fucking table scraps. And you ridiculed her on every step of the way in every movie. Like she traded for one of the best contact well, the best contact hitter in the game right now. Um, yeah. you know, she Who has won because, two consecutive batting titles. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he didn't he didn't abide to your ingrained and incorrect assumptions on launch angle and metrics. She did a phenomenal job despite butting heads with the bro the bro culture in your, your front office. And she got you to the playoffs this year. Yeah. Holy shit. It's she a got fucking miracle. In a T in a division where you had the Mike the what, Michael Cohen, not Michael Cohen, Steve Cohen. Steve, um, yeah. you know, yeah. New York bank bank three three hundred, yeah, three hundred million dollar payroll, you know. The Braves, um, who are like one of the greatest teams of all time, even yeah. though the playoffs went the way they did. Um, but I mean, the Phillies, Phillies, Phillies Braves who are had awesome. a historic season, right? They had an historic yeah. season, and the Phillies made the playoffs as well. And she got to the playoffs, and and you 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 chase her out the building. They wanted to hire someone above her. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to have a pobo above yeah. her. What? What? A, what? Pro-bo, a nonsense! Promote her. I think Pobo's right. President, president of baseball operations, Pobo. Pobo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking yeah. insane. Fucking and insane. And not only that, but but there was legacy coaches there who just treated her like she was an idiot, and she very clearly was not. She and again, it's yeah. crazy. She has been like she has been around for ages. It's not like she's some executive from from another field who was like brought in just for headlines. Like she has been in baseball for decades. She was Brian Cashman's one of his assistant GMs in the late nineties. Like it's insane. Dynasty. Days. Yeah, the she fucking dynasty. She would have. She would have. If she was a man, she would have gotten scooped oh up. Oh my so god! Fast. She would have been a GM so for the last twenty years. Yeah. So it's it's especially disappointing because it would have been so easy if she failed to point at how you know. That 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 was an opportunity that was a gift and she should have never got like there, she had so many things working against her and she did a phenomenal job yeah. in a male like I don't I can't even say male dominated like exclusively exclusively male, yeah right like uh, there's if you're a layman baseball fan there's only one other female name you can name and it's what Rachel Balkovic Balkovic I, I, I think that's right that name? yeah Balkovic down in, Balkovic, down in whatever Tampa it is for the single A Yankees you know the tarpons like yep that's it. Yeah. Holy shit. The, the Giants have that one uh the one woman who um That's that's who I was just going to mention. She's a coach. Yeah. Like yeah. She she interviewed and and this is like I mean we we've talked about all this before with white white guys in general in every sport, not not just baseball. You know, getting chance after chance after chance when yep. there are clearly minority candidates available who are probably better suited but they're minority candidates yeah uh, so they're not going to get the job but like bob melvin you know gets the job after the shit that they pulled in san diego this year <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah and he got yeah. a job it, it so makes... easy like the giants wanted him i think right yeah. like clearly yeah. they just yeah. wanted they, melvin they interviewed and that was Alyssa. It. they interviewed Alyssa just so they could say that they were the first franchise to interview uh, a woman for the managerial yeah. position yeah and that was you know, that was it it's it's a shame because you want to, you know, hopefully she at least gave them some hell and said, like, am I here for actual consideration or for a headline? Yeah. I mean, she is right. a coach at the major league level, no? Yeah. So that, yeah, so that at least is she's cool. A first base coach, I think. Yeah. So that's cool, right? I mean, she's the first to be a coach at the major league level, she's, right? She's, yeah, the first uniform uh, woman. Yeah. Made, so that, so that is cool. We, we should give credit for that, at least, yeah. but. 
But yeah. it just it's it's very frustrating. But it's yeah, it's it's not credit at all though. I mean, just think about all the black black men who were first base, third base coaches for all those years, never got managerial True. opportunities. Like it's <clears throat> it's systematic suppression. Yeah. Well, just in different different rate, they're different gender. Are we getting very many? Black managers, like, you know, Dusty's gone now. Ron Washington has moved on. Right? Ron like, Washington wants the Astros job, but that hasn't that hasn't been announced, right? I mean, and, there are no. still very few. I think yeah. I think that's right. Joe Paz will write about this occasionally. And and yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Kyle would know better than me, but other than Dusty, I don't know if there were any other like active black managers right now, which is crazy. I mean, you're hearing there's there's been a well, there's a handful of Hispanic guys, um, you know, but it's not still, it's still mainly white dudes. Yeah. And it's interesting because, is, sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was just going to say, look at what happened with AJ Hinch, right? Okay. Yep. And look what happened to Carlos Beltran. Who's got another job? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great point, That's actually. That's a great point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, e- it's easier it's to forgive so, the white guy. So yeah, it's so blatant out there, and it's not just baseball. Like, of course, every sport, NCAA football, like it, it doesn't matter. Yep. Minorities don't get opportunities. They never have. I'm not going to say they never will, but it's just not there. Well, and I don't like, know what changes it, but it's not there. Even the Rooney Rule in the NFL, right? That's become a yeah. that's become well, a joke. Eric Eric Bielmi, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Redskins, you're telling me he can't be better than fucking you know, even even the Giants head coach, like. Uh, yeah. Like, come on! Like, he's he's been he's been r- rumored as a candidate forever. He took the Chiefs to two Super Bowls that they won, you know, and everything as offensive coordinator. And then finally, he was like, "All right, well, I just want to do something a little bit different." So he went over to Washington, but because nobody will give him a head coaching job, he's a he's a qualified head coach. Man, Man. Um, and it's it's crazy to me because like <clears throat> baseball for ages now, right? Like. I don't want to say it's necessarily dominated by non-white people because it's not. There's still tons of white people in. And like we've been living in the era of Mike Trout. And, and we have we have talked at length on this podcast about how amazing Mike Trout is and how much we love him. However, if you want to talk about like the greatest players of all time and the greatest players of the last 50 years or whatever, you're going to have a lot of black people and you're going to have a lot of Hispanic people. Right. And as, as for my money, the greatest players of all time are Willie Mays and Barry Bonds, two black dudes. Um the greatest players of all time in like a really, really short span are like Eric Davis and Pedro Martinez, black and Hispanic. And if we want to talk about just like the greatest players in recent generations, we're going to start talking about people like Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera and Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. Now, A-Rod was, I think, born in the States, but is bilingual. I think his mom was born in, I can't remember where, Kyle would know. Um, I think A-Rod was born in New York City, right? I think that's right. Yeah. But point being, yeah, point being that the sport has been like kind of so I've I've, because I've been telling my partner about about baseball. I've been teaching her a little bit. Right. And Matt, tell us about that beer in a minute. I've been teaching her about baseball. Right. And she was under the impression. And I think a lot of people who are not baseball fans or who are just like very casual or only like sort of peripherally aware of baseball. I think a lot of people thought there wasn't I thought there wasn't casual baseball fans. I thought (laughs) baseball was dying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I, she she was under the impression that it's just a white guy's game. That's it. Like only white people. And I was like, no, like Hispanic people have been dominating baseball like our whole fucking lifetimes, basically the three of yeah. us. And and I was like trying to tell her, I'm like, 
Like the Dominican Republic on its own is an incredible story. And I think we have talked about this on the pod. It's this random island nation of 11, right? I think I've talked about these numbers specifically, 11 million people, same population as the state of Ohio. And they have produced an insane number of amazing baseball players over the last 30, 40 years. So when you think about all of this, it's like, it's, it is, it's kind of crazy. There are 30 baseball teams. Like you would think that, that the managers, that there would be at least half that would be like black and Hispanic. And, and that's just not even close. The tough part, the tough part now is right. The, the percentage, the portion of, of black players in in the majors is shrinking. Like that's true. Black, black players is down. Black players uh, is down. Uh, Hispanic, I think, is has been going up and up. But there, there's a focus yeah. there, though, and I think it's actually called the Henry Aaron Academy. But there is a focus now to convince young black athletes that baseball is a viable path as well. Yeah, right? you, know, you yeah. see so much emphasis on football, like and uh, uh, Tim Anderson, and I want to say maybe Kutch. Like, there's a few of these guys who have like yeah. also kind of made it a bit C-C. of a mission. CC, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's but still, right? You, okay, managers now are players that were active in the eighties and nineties and, and aughts, right? There should be more people out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's it's always been true that the best players aren't necessarily the yeah. best. Of course. Coaches. Of course. But point you know, being right. that like there are a lot of amazing people who are not white, and and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. All you all you have to do is the AJ Hinch, Carlos. Yeah, Carlos, that's a Beltran. perfect. That's a that's perfect a, example. I really like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't even address you know Kim and and Alyssa and yeah, and and you know talking about the front offices. I mean, that was a huge reason why Reggie Jackson is with the Astros. Uh, is he just felt his voice wasn't being heard by Hal and you know the rest of the Yankees? I don't. I don't think he blatantly said that they were being racist toward him but you know he was like well, i'm gonna go somewhere where you know they 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 want to listen to me and he may be just an old <laughs> you know old guy who doesn't you know really know a lot at this point anyway but yeah, we, we told we the griffey Goose story Gossage though didn't stick we? around yeah, yeah. Gossage. and we, we we talked about griffey right we talked about that thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i mean the reggie with houston thing i mean if it's the racial thing uh, that that is understandable and makes sense houston is weird though because like they did kind of push out their GM after winning a World Series. And from what I have read, it's classic current baseball, right? The the jocks and yeah. the nerds fighting and the jocks yeah. won in Houston and Reggie. I love Reggie, but I suspect that as a baseball philosopher, uh, he probably thinks a lot of things that I would vehemently uh, disagree with, that he is probably very, very old school. Um, and, and, you know, sure, there are certain things from that that you can take, right? But um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are issues with that. But but if he felt like he wasn't being heard in New York, and if he felt that it was related to race stuff, I mean, we do know that the Yankees are don't have the best reputation as far as that goes. So um, that that would be that would be understandable. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I one, do have one last stat yeah. that I looked mm-hmm. up. So I think um, just what we're talking about, how well a job that uh, oh shoot, what's her name? Kim Ang. Kim did in in. Uh, Miami, I think they had seven players with an OPS plus above 100, meaning they were better than average. How um, many did the Yankees have this year? <laughs> they had four, and two of them were Greg Allen and yeah, I was gonna say, Jason Dominguez. How many did we have who played more than 130 games? Yeah. You know? That would so, be Judge and Cole, right? Judge and Glaber. No, OPS plus. So yeah, OPS Judge and, plus. Judge and Glaber oh, and Glaber oh, right. barely. Judge and Glaber, I right. think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so the uh, Marlins had a, seven. 
Yeah, Marlins had seven, and they were regular players, yeah. if, including Jake Berger, who got traded there halfway through the season. But again, so a smart trade, really good smart move. Trade, yeah. Really, really yeah. good move. Yeah, her, his numbers yeah, with, with the Marlins were great. And then they had a great promo night with Burgers with him. Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, that was that was what I looked up uh, a couple weeks ago when I saved that article and sent it to you guys. That fuck. So, Colin, yeah, you, you had to, you had a topic. Ethan, I'm excluding you because I'm sorry. Do you That's have a topic fine. too? I do. I do have a topic, but we we uh, we can get to it later or next time. Go, Ethan. Go, Ethan. Are you go, sure? Go, go. Yeah, I'm 100 sure. Okay, I want to talk about MLB and the playoffs and the playoff format and oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> and potentially what it might be in the future. I can't remember if we've talked about it in depth on the pod. And even if we did, I think it would have been at least last year at this time. So nobody remembers it or two years ago at this time. So nobody remembers it. Colin, when did we start? You looked this up recently. When did we start the pod? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, it's been July of 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So over two years, Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. I just want to know, I want to know what you guys think about it. So, so, you know, obviously it's relevant to the World Series, which is currently happening. Game five is currently happening as we record this. Um, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, which is going to be the lowest rated World Series of all time. Not that television ratings are the be all end all. But as I said in our text thread to you guys, uh, anybody who bet on a Diamondbacks Rangers World Series at the beginning of this year is obscenely <laughs> rich at this point. Not only yep. because they were both like horrible, horrible teams two years ago, but even if you expected them to be like good this year, you just wouldn't have picked either of them to be in the World Series, let alone both of them. Now, a large part of that has to do with the current baseball baseball playoff format. And Joe Paz, of course, has written about this extensively, which is why it's uh, kind of in, in the forefront of my mind. So, so Colin, I know you've obviously read all that stuff too. Um, <clears throat> so point being that Nowadays, baseball playoffs are a lot more wild. It's a lot more like March Madness. You have, and you guys correct me because I'll probably get some information wrong, but you have you have six teams from uh, each league getting into the playoffs right now, right? 12 teams out of 30, which is a lot. Um, yep. You have three wild cards doing these best of three series. Um, you have you have the the Marlins and the Diamondbacks who are in the World Series both making the playoffs with only 84 wins, only six games above 500. And basically what ends up happening is, or what has ended up happening a lot, it seems like in the recent years, is if a team gets hot at the right time, even if they weren't very good in the in the regular season, the Diamondbacks were outscored this season. Like, that's insane. They were outscored this season and they won the pennant because they happened to be playing well at the right time, right? Um, so... The overall question, the overall point is like, do we like this format? Do we like the chaos where you can have a team like the Diamondbacks make the World Series? Or do we want it to be more like it was in the older days where maybe there's fewer teams, but they were the teams who kind of proved their their abilities over, over the course of the whole year. The regular season matters more in those cases, whatever. Um, I honestly don't know where I where I fall on this, right? Like as a diehard baseball fan, it is kind of fun to see some of the crazy stuff happen. But a Diamondbacks Rangers World Series is not exciting at large, <laughs> right? Like for us, there's kind of a novelty to it. But for people who are not fucking diehards, that's kind of like, ugh, like who who gives a shit about that, right? Um, 
And so I'm just, I'm very curious for your thoughts, right? So for me, I'm still kind of in the process. It kind of bums me out um, that, that um, these teams who win so much can just get, can get crushed in the first round. However, that is kind of their fault, right? Like you can, anybody can lose a five game series or a three game series, even if they were really good, right? Like you can, you can lose to a bad team, two out of three. That just happens. That's baseball. And I do understand that. Um, but there still seems something like, I don't know, something, something, I don't want to say distasteful. That's too strong, but there's just something about the current playoff format that feels a little off to me. I, I don't know what I think the best situation would be, right? What the solution is, but I'm, but I'm, we haven't talked about it in a while. And so I'm, I'm super curious to hear where you, where you guys are at on this. So I thought I had something to kind of knock it out of the park and like have a really good comparison. I did a quick search and I'm wrong, but because um, the way you describe it about a team getting hot at the right time, right? I was thinking, oh man, this is like if a goalie gets hot in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and yep. you know what happens? Because I remember the, the I remember the case of the L.A. Kings winning the Stanley Cup in 2012, and they were the eight seed, right? They were the lowest seed, and they won. Oh wow! Um, and I don't know, if, I don't know enough about hockey to say if that was certainly because of the goalie or because of a lot of things, but. Um, I thought, oh, there's got to be other eight seats that have won the Stanley Cup, right? No. Uh, I did a quick Google search. Then the next closest, there's a couple five seeds, right? But, but that's it. So um, so that was okay. So that was a fluke right there. That was the yeah, exception. So th- there's there's a handful of um, seven and eight seeds that have, or, or you know, wild card teams based on the, however they do the playoff format um, that have made it to the finals. Um. And like the Florida Panthers, right? The Florida Panthers got hot this this past year, and and made it made it uh, really really far in the playoffs. Um, but it's not as I guess common as I thought, right? It's not. Um, it's not as as common as what it seems to be happening right now in, in the majors. I guess is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. I had to throw some hockey content in there. You know, yeah, of for course. Of of course. We, we have a lot of hockey fans uh, who are who are also podcast fans here. They're the Venn diagram of of two jocks and a schlub fans and NHL fans. There's a there's a massive it's overlap. Like, it's like I one mean, circle. it's it's yeah, exactly. It's a ton of people. So, what do you think, Colin? Yeah, Matt. I, th- I think that's I think that's good context to add, though, because like where I'm headed with this is. <laughs> oh, and actually, Baseball. Colin, Colin, hold that thought real quick. One thing I should have mentioned in my rant is it looks really likely that there's there might even be teams added to this, right? So it might even get crazier. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what like <sighs> the other major American North American sports still do a good job of. I'm not going to say rewarding regular season success but um the 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 better teams usually succeed in the playoffs in the other sports like largely i i would think that would be true you have your outliers you have the you know the the year the giants beat the undefeated patriots they were you know wild card succeed first first time that you know ever happened right you know what matt said and and everything but you know for the most part you know i think the top tier teams you know maybe the top four to six teams in each league 
are winning are you know getting getting far enough in the playoffs that it 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 feels like okay there's there's a point to the regular season because you set yourself up for the postseason and then you can make your run in the postseason whereas baseball that seems a little disjointed right now and you know baseball's always faced this problem it's a completely different game than all those other games like all those other games you can control the offense a little bit more and like baseball's biggest problem right now is they can't figure out how to get more offense yeah. into the game <laughs> yeah. um and uh and everything so uh you know there there's like a fundamental difference between baseball and all these other sports um where it, it doesn't you can't really compare it but you know at the same time it should also make like people who Theo Epstein, for example, you know, people who are focusing on these type of challenges and issues in the game, it should force them to really think about innovative ways to make the regular season. I don't want to say matter more. And I also don't want to say reward teams who play really well for 162 games. But I do think that there needs to be a little bit more of a connection. I don't want it to go back. I'm not one of those people. I don't want it to go back. It is what it is. That's fine. But I don't want this year after year. And it's a small sample size. Obviously, the the Astros last year were uh, buzzsaw and just ran through the playoffs and and everything. And so, you know, nobody thought about it. But even last year, there were kind of hints that things were trending in the wrong direction uh, with with some of the other results in the league especially in the national league, the American league kind of went as planned. The Yankees and the the Astros made the ALCS and then the Astros, you know, won the world series, uh, and everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. It's, you know, and I, I think Ethan, did, did you read today's column? Yeah. From Joe. And I think he ranked it. Um, you know, if, if you had asked him last year, like what are the biggest challenges in baseball? That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and everything. And like today, the biggest challenges remain are how, how do we get more offense into the game? Uh, you know, it's just and, strike and, so many strikeouts well, and so many yeah, relievers. But it's, but it's interesting though, because we're averaging over 10 runs a game in the world series right now. And yet the, well, that's because the Diamondbacks fucking suck. And the, well, well, and they got outscored all season. And the Rangers are a high powered offense. Well, yeah, there's other things too, right? You've also got, you've got two warm weather home teams, right? Um, they're not playing in 32 degree Philadelphia right now. They're playing yeah, in, that's true. in point. 80 degree uh, Arizona yeah. right now. So right. that's part of it as well. Um, but I mean, you still, you've got a high, high scoring games. What look like to, you know, at least be entertaining games. If you're a Rangers fan, still you're running out of you're, you're, It's going to be the lowest rated world series of all time. And the game, yeah. by the way, is zero zero in the bottom of the yeah. fourth. Just to I, give an update, I, I was hoping you would look. At that. Yeah, yeah, because I had actually checked that, in a minute. That throws my hypothesis out the window, but you know. So uh, your hypothesis is still is still fine. It's still fine. It's I mean, just World Series is a small games. sample size, yeah. though. That's yeah. that's the problem. That's the bigger problem, right? Is is World Series is just so small. Yeah, well, <clears> and <throat> the flip side is, look at what happened. To the, I mean, the high powered Braves, yeah, got absolutely shut down. And actually, they, yeah. They ran into a couple buzzsaw pitchers. Well, so what I want to talk about with that, and, and this is a smaller thing, and we don't need to get into the details of it right now, but I just want to bring it up since you mentioned it, Matt, is 
the Braves, uh, so the so the one seeds now are getting buys, right, in, in baseball, and they end up getting a whole bunch of time off. I think what five days, six like days, five days at, right, at least five. Yeah. yeah. Now, baseball, Major League Baseball, the way it's set up is it is basically an everyday game, right? I mean, they get they get one or two days off play, a week, right? They play like one hundred and sixty two games in one hundred and eighty one days or something yeah. like that. So it's an everyday game, and so there has been a lot of talk of whether though that that buy uh, time is an advantage or a disadvantage right now some teams uh have done just fine and and have won their series after that break and blah 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 blah, blah. other teams have not i'm wondering you know what the solution is there like what i was just thinking about now is you know like in i don't know if this is still the rule because i just don't pay attention to football anymore but like it used to be that in overtime the team that like won the coin toss could choose whether they wanted to start on offense or defense. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah. You can choose. So for what I wonder yeah. is like with these teams, cause I want to know what they actually say about it. Like the Braves, if you had given them the choice, would they have wanted to take that much time off or would they want it? Would they have wanted to keep playing? Because, you know, there's arguments in, in, on both sides, right? That the, that the five days off is really good. You can rest up and your starters are going to be rested. Everybody's going to be feeling good. If you were sore or aching, whatever you're, you're going to, you're going to have this time to rest. But then there are others that are saying, you know, since late March, these guys have gotten into this rhythm where they play pretty much every day. And baseball is such a, such a game that, that relies so much on like habits. Right. And so for, for maybe for a lot of these guys, maybe they don't like that, right? Maybe they want to stay with that everyday rhythm that they've been doing for the last six months. And I just don't know, right? Like I want to see what everybody says, but I, and I don't know how realistic it is to like give these teams a choice, right? Like the one seed you say, Hey, do you want to buy or do you want to like keep playing? And, but then in that case you could lose the, like if you play in the wild card series or whatever, like you could lose, I don't know. There's, there's all sorts of complications, but that that sort of bye week piece is is kind of a really weird wrinkle that that is is new right just in the last what few years i think yeah yeah two yeah just the last two years yeah so anyway sorry yeah matt yeah. when you mentioned the braves i just i wanted to bring that up um now obviously they just they fucking they they blew it when they needed to not blow it right but i do you know that 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 buy part is is kind of interesting i think yeah yeah, and we would have to like dig in, you know, to all the other sports. I think the other really concerning thing that's maybe related, maybe not. I think it's again maybe too small of a sample size, but you know, Joe has talked about this extensively, and he talked about it the night I I saw him here in Charlotte at the uh, book event. Um, too many games are over before they even get started. Too many teams get out to an early lead. And then it is just reliever after reliever and no shot for the other team to come back. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously nothing fun about, you know, seeing a Roldis Chapman blow, you know, <laughs> a, a leader, you know, whatever it is. Like you want that Mariano Rivera, but, but, but you want that, you want that like later in the game. And, and I don't know, I go back and forth about this. Cause I'm always like, I mean, we want the game to evolve. We want the game to change and adapt and, and everything. And, but it just seems like there's no way to get the offense going. You know, once you get these pitchers who are so yeah. fucking good, because it's every reliever it, now, right? It's, it's not even an yeah. exception. It's the rule that like there are yeah. on every single team, there are at least three or four relievers who throw fastballs from like 97 to hundred miles per hour and have like a nasty fucking slider. That's like 88 miles an hour. 
and will drop like fucking 12 inches. Like every, yeah. like, like every team has multiple of these guys. That was not the case when we were growing up. Right. I don't know what happened in the last 20 years where pitchers all of a sudden are able to do this like in mass. Okay. There was, there was Jeff Stanton thrown or Jeff Nelson thrown Frisbees. Okay. Yeah, there sure. Were some, sure. There were some frisbees. Some guys, yeah. Some guys like had nice stuff. He wasn't frisbees. throwing. He wasn't throwing a hundred. He no, wasn't yeah, throwing a hundred frisbees. Yeah, <laughs> fucking when Joel Zumaya, I remember when Joel Zumaya <laughs> yeah. came up with the Tigers yeah. in like the mid aughts, he was throwing high nineties and like a hundred, and it was like mind blowing. Yeah, like oh my right? god. Yeah. Yeah. Then okay. Even Chappie. Even when he first when he came first up. came up. One oh seven. Yeah. And so that's even and, and you know Chappie when he first came up we're only talking about like the last ten years now right. Yeah. And and so yeah, yeah when Chappie came, but now there are people who are throwing a hundred on every team or throwing ninety nine on every team and they also have a nasty breaking ball if not something else and so yeah when you see a bunch of relievers they come in for one inning they give it everything they've got. They, they're throwing these fastballs and these sliders with abandon, and we're just seeing strikeout after strikeout after strikeout. And even somebody like me, as I've talked about on the pod, I love a good pitcher's duel. I love seeing a great pitcher throw. These things, these innings of relievers doing, like that is not fun to watch for anyone. And that's a real problem. And it was it was the Royals who kind of, yeah. you know, really started all this right yeah. and they, you know what they were get, smart get through four innings because the the royals would get you you know they had the, the fifth um, inning and the bullpen wins the game it was seven eight and nine they had uh who was it herrera uh holland and uh davis i think uh where yeah. there three guys I, I can't remember which order but yeah i remember joe paz writing about it back in the day that the royals basically shortened the game to a six inning game right if they were if they were leading after six innings they went to those three guys in the next three innings and, and you were fucking toast now, in their yeah. case, like that was smart strategy and they won and blah, 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 blah. But that has expanded, right? It's not just in the seventh, eighth and ninth. Now we're seeing relievers earlier and earlier. There are more of them who have filthier stuff. Um, and so even with the rule changes this year, like batting average, balls in play, strikeouts, like none of that changed all that much. And so we are still seeing games that have just like a fuck ton of strikeouts. And um, it's just not that fun to watch. Yeah. And and to be fair to the Royals, I, I mentioned that, you know, they were the one who kind of started this. But, you know, when we were kids, that was the Yankee strength, you know, right? It was it was on both sides. It was they would wait for the underbelly of the, the bad bullpens and take advantage of the later innings and have all these comeback wins, you know, and everything. But they also they were able to shorten the game, not just because of Mo but because they had reliable relievers. Yeah. But when we were when we were growing up, that was a little bit less common, right? To have so many relievers that you could rely on year after year after year. Like to, to have those same, you know, the Mike Stantons, the Jeff Nelsons, the... Ramiro Mendoza. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, to have all those people and, and then obviously Mo to, you know, end it after, uh, you know, five, six, seven years in a row. Like that that just didn't happen back then. So there were teams who always tried to accomplish that feat, right? Like get your picture pitcher through five or six innings, your starting pitcher through five or six, and then let the bullpen do the rest. And the Yankees mastered it during the the dynasty and everything, but it was a completely different way of pitching. You know, we're not talking about missiles being thrown, uh, you know, and things like that. 
And then you would have, you know, the one-offs here and there and everything that, you know, they would have one great season and and that team probably won the World Series or got really far, you know, in the playoffs and everything because they had a great bullpen. But the consistency wasn't always there. And I don't think the consistency is necessarily there from a year-to-year basis, you know, even with the flamethrowers and everything. But the fact, Ethan, like you pointed out, that so many people throw so hard, it is already ridiculously hard to hit, even if you're just lobbing it in their 80-mile-an-hour batting practice fastball. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's just so hard to hit. And so when you throw, when you factor that in, that's why it's like, that's really concerning that. And and if you, and this was like Joe's point in, in the article, and this is something I do agree with. If you're betting your future on the playoffs and the playoffs are going to be like this every single year, where not only we have a Texas Ranger versus Arizona Diamondback World Series, but we have all of these games where there are no comebacks, there's no dramatic moments. The, the, the biggest one is that Braves game. That yep. was the NLDS? Yes, that was the DS. DS? Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking two rounds ago. Yep. If you're not going to have anything, yeah. why are people tuning yeah. in? Yeah, no, if it's, if it's just why a parade of relievers and strikeouts, yeah, no fucking way. All you have to do is watch the first two innings. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to watch the rest of the game. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of like all other sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where you like my grandma, you saw, I wrote this in like one of my columns. She's like, she still to this day, will just like watch the last two minutes of a basketball game or a football game, you know, cause like that's where all the drama is and the action and, you yeah. know, and everything like, you know, none, none of the other stuff matters. And, and a lot of times that's accurate. <laughs> Whereas in baseball, that's just not the case anymore. You, you don't, you know, that Altuve had his moment this postseason in that fucker. Yeah. Uh, oh. You know, we, we already talked about the, the Braves in, um, you know, Phillies game. I, the, the Braves would have gotten fucking swept. Yeah. <laughs> is that, which is crazy. Is unbelievable yeah. to think about now in that <laughs> case, like, I, you know, it's weird because like, Again, I think they they kind of choked, they kind of blew it, and and you can only blame yeah they definitely yeah you can yeah. only blame so much on like the five days off or whatever. And so there are cool <laughs> things about that, right? Like like I you know I don't want to take anything away from D backs fans, you know, like they're probably super pumped and it is kind of cool. But then there's also the question of like, should six teams from each league even make the playoffs? For me, that seems like too much. I know that we're not going to downsize at this point. I know it's not going to go lower. But like, I just wish we were a little bit more selective with who even makes the playoffs in the first place. But uh. yeah, I mean, you're 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 butting heads with you were talking about the jocks and the nerds, and what we're talking about here is go all in or sustainability. And baseball has to figure out like, do they want people tuning in every single year <laughs> to the playoffs, or is this is this it? Like, yo, are are they gonna be are they gonna be okay with? this past season was, you know, the regular season was a success, right? In every, almost every thing that you can measure, sure. attendance, TV ratings. Everything was up, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, everything was up. And if that's a, if that's enough, and then they're like, okay, you know, we still get a shit ton of money because of the TV rights that we have in the postseason, we don't care, then that might be it. And baseball fans like us will probably hate that. Yeah. But – I mean that might yeah, work hopefully. for a while, but then what happens when like the current TV contracts are up, and then and then and then they have to get renegotiated, and then maybe by that point, maybe ratings have gone down and shit. Like like these people might be making a lot of money off of the current contracts, but if if viewership if if the game stays like this, I mean yeah, the ratings went up this year, and there were a lot of things that were better with the pitch clock and the speed of the game, blah blah blah. 
But if we keep getting this heavy reliever, heavy strikeout game, I don't know that that's going to be consistent over the next few years. And I, so I don't know what that's going to be mean for the money, you know? So I, I hope that these people are not relying on that 100%. I hope that they are trying to think ahead a little bit. And it's just, even for diehards, right? Even, you know, whatever, no matter what your philosophy is on baseball, like if you, if you're into new school stuff, old school stuff, if you're a hybrid, whatever, it is, it is not fun to just watch a ton of relievers strike out a ton of people with hundred mile hour fastballs and nasty sliders. It's just not an enjoyable thing. Um, and, and, and that needs to be addressed like in, in some, in some way. And, and I think part of it too, what I was thinking about, and then we can, we can leave this for now, but I was thinking about what you were, when you were talking, Colin. So I remember there was a broadcast earlier this year, might've even been a Yankees broadcast. I can't remember or something that I read talking about how common strikeouts now, um, how common strikeouts are now and how it might've been Paul O'Neill talking about it. Like it's just more accepted now. Like in the nineties, it was like kind of a matter of embarrassment, right? Like you didn't want to strike out. It was, it was like you, you were ashamed if you struck out. Whereas now it's like, okay, if you strike out, it's fine. You know, as long as you hit 40 homers or whatever, like if you strike out, it's okay. And I wonder on the pitching side, you know, this came to my mind recently because I think like on Instagram or something, this showed up just the other day. I'm sure you guys have both seen this video. Uh, there, there was a time when Moose, Mike Messina, when he was on the Yankees, he was pitching a game late in the game. I think it was the ninth inning. And Joe Torre, he got into a spot and Joe Torre started to come out of the dugout, was going to take Moose yeah. out. And Moose like screamed at Torre to like get the fuck back in the dugout. Like he was going to finish the game. And, and I wonder with that too, if there's like a little bit of a thing with starting pitchers where back in those days, and that's not even that long ago, we're talking about the nineties, um, starting pitchers had a certain sense of, of pride about, about how deep they could go into a game. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's gone now. I think there are some people who still have it. Garrett Cole. We know there are some examples with him. There are some guys like that, but I wonder if just those attitudes have shifted a lot and I don't know how we change those attitudes. Right. But like. Um, that, that seems to be part of the equation to me too. I don't know. No, they have just, just look at that. There was that young guy in Seattle who was like, well, whining yeah. Kirby. Yeah, yeah. Whining cause they took him out. George Kirby, you know, at, at 95 pitches instead of 75 pitches. Or oh, something, that's right. You know? That's right. I forgot about that. So, yeah. 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 Well, in, you know, actually, so we can cap this. Um, but I think this, if we remember the next time <laughs> um, we can get into my topic because it's, it's all related. And I think again, there's, there's another like kind of subtopic to everything that we're, we're talking about. So I'll just end it with this. James Franklin in his media scrum tonight, you know, said to the reporters, he's like, I'm not going to apologize for winning. You know, like they, they had a very ugly win on Saturday versus Indiana and people are, in some cases, rightfully so, tearing them apart, you know, especially the local beat. It's up podcast, mm-hmm. you know, who, uh, you know, watch every little thing and break down, you know, whatever. But, you know, what baseball, I think more than any other sport is dealing with right now is, but, but all sports do this is like the people who are playing the game and who are coaching the game will do whatever it takes to win, even if that's not in the best interest of the fans. And baseball's taken that to like extreme. Oh degree. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like in, for whatever reason, the, the people who run baseball aren't eager enough to push back a little bit, uh, to control, you know, the game a little bit more, 
like the NFL, for example, or even the NBA uh, in the past. So, um, yeah, I think that that's what I wanted to talk about, you know, in terms of, of winning, like what, what should winning look like? Like what, why, why do we care so much about, you know, the things that went wrong when you do get a victory, <laughs> like, you know, a hundred years from now, all people are going to see is, you know, the W next to the Indiana game. As, as they say not, on, uh, as they say on Shorzy, they, they, they don't care how, <laughs> they just care how many. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, that, that, I get that's it. why I want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I want to talk about it because I can see both sides. Like I, I definitely can. And I think it would be really interesting to dive a little bit deeper, but we can save that for next time. And that sounds good. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's all good stuff, but boys, this, this was fun. We did another one. Who, uh, who are we going to shout out before we go? Um, I'm going to shout out Andy cap, uh, tune, <laughs> tune in, tune in next time to see if I can break my FPM record. Um, yeah, we'll have to get a get a good reading on FPM, um, <laughs> and uh, I will shout out every resident of Astoria, New York, that I confused with Astor Place. I'm very sorry. Um, if you need to send letters complaining, send them to Colin. <laughs> uh. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, we should be back. In not next week, two weeks, but the week after, right? The week before Thanksgiving. Yep. That's the promise we're making right now. We'll try to hold to it. We protested October because the Yankees won 82 games and didn't make the playoffs, but the, the Diamondbacks won 84 and are in the World Series. Yeah, it's so. okay. You know, now, now that it's November, we can talk it, again. It gave me a chance to go in the body shop, so it's okay. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. We are. <laughs>